Okay, so look, I want to finish on one last topic. I would love to talk about the role that you chefs play in the food culture, but more specifically, there is an attitude that certainly exists that, you know, uh, growers like me who supply chefs, we're just feeding rich people and it's this this super elitist thing and what you do in a sense is elitist and that sort of thing and i'm just wondering i imagine you must have opinions on that and i'm just so i guess it's a two-part question what role do you think you you play in the food culture in in general but but also how do you feel about what's your reaction to that potential criticism that that in supplying you i'm just i'm just participating in an elite kind of activity and and you're can i start with the first question yep I think that chefs are underappreciated in the, I know that sounds kind of rich for me, um, in, in the relationship between farmers and consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I think back to when I first started out in the, in, the, in the cooking industry, you know, we had these beautiful little salad greens that were all like cute and looked awesome on a plate. And, you couldn't buy those in the grocery store yet, mm -hmm. you know? But now you can buy the little bags of spring mix everywhere. Mm -hmm. that, that was a trend that started with farmers to restaurants and has expanded into a you know, billion dollar a year business or something like that. You know, things like heirloom tomatoes, heirloom vegetables in general. Um, yeah, that stuff has always been available at a farmer's market. Um, but I mean, the big consumers of that stuff and the big drivers of that stuff to get that stuff out to the public were chefs, were, were restaurants. You know, that's mm -hmm. who was buying it, that's who was pushing it. I think that the chefs are, have always been integral in trying to dig up new ingredients and find new, new markets for things that maybe didn't exist before. Um, and I think that that has gone a long way to fuel this local movement, which a lot of small-scale farmers are now recipients of at farmers markets and stuff like that because consumers are going out and saying hey you know I, I had this vegetable the other day at restaurant W mm -hmm. you know, where can I get that from oh you get it at the farmers market go mm -hmm. down and talk to um, I'm not saying that, that that the farmers market thing or heirloom vegetables didn't exist before restaurants did but I think that they've really gone a long way towards, towards bringing this stuff into the mainstream and towards maybe supplying a living for those people who are now judging the farmer who sells to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I think that um, being a farmer and being a chef are not that dissimilar in that mm -hmm. we're all activists in a way. And we're all involved with, we're the gatekeepers, man. Like we're encouraging everyday people to eat, eat well and Try whatever your things. income bracket is. Mm -hmm. Like, like Look, uh, it's, I, look, I agree with you. I typically don't make any apologies for the port, the large portion of my business that depends on these high-end chefs that are thankfully willing to pay me good prices for my produce. As and far I, as the high-end question goes, um, I, I've dealt with this a lot because, you know, when you deal with a certain segment of the population, the, the farmers in particular, um, a lot of them don't make a ton of money. And they look at a lot of, you know, maybe the dinners that I host or the restaurants that you supply as being very expensive. Um, and a lot of farmers and food safety activists are concerned with feeding the people as, as they absolutely should be. 
uh, I think that, that that's a crucial part of this is to have some sort of food security um, where everybody can afford or where everybody has access to healthy ingredients. But I don't think that the access to healthy ingredients, sh the burden of that should be borne by the farmers. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that, that we need to, you know, make sure that we can all get tomatoes at 50 cents a that pound. That we keep our prices that's low all enough, I can yeah. afford. Yeah. You know, and we just recently went on a trip to Europe, and I mean, in Italy, they're... The economy's not doing terribly well right now. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's, that's not breaking news for anybody. But they still put a real priority on eating well. At the expense of other... At the expense of other... Other things. luxuries in their you know, life. You look yeah. at all the things that we've piled on in our lives in the last 20 years, cell phone bills, cable bills, internet bills. You know, that's, that's a couple hundred dollars a month mm -hmm. for most people. Yeah. Europeans will average well over 30% of their disposable income spent on, on, on food. On food and, yeah. North America, last time I looked, I think was like a 12% or something like that, right? Yeah. So I think that there's a real confusion between the fact that I am charging a fair price for what I do and the mo most people who pay it tend to be wealthy mm -hmm. because yes, we have a lot of wealthy clients, but we also have a lot of clients who have saved up for this important day mm -hmm. or for this vacation in their lives or whatever, who have chosen to make this a priority over having a golden dress or, you know, whatever it is. People, people spend a lot of money on a lot of different things, and I think it's a question of what your priorities are more than, hey, that's for rich people. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's definitely a danger sometimes that some farmers are taking advantage of the local movement and being in the city at, at a certain farmer's market and charging a lot of money for stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, cherries are a good example of that. You know, I can, I can get some decent organic cherries around here for two fifty a pound if I'm buying in bulk. Go to the farmers market in Vancouver; it's five bucks a pound. More sometimes. Go man. to the farmers market in Calgary; I hear stories of nine, ten bucks a pound mm -hmm. for organic cherries. You know, obviously there's there's travel costs and everything else, but there's just a lot more competition here, and I think that the prices remain. Maybe two fifty isn't enough. Maybe mm -hmm. five bucks is too much. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to judge that. But what I am going to say is that it's important that the farmer stay in business and be able to make a living. Mm -hmm. It's important that the chef be able to stay in business and make a living, because if you're not in business, you can't make the choices to support certain farmers or certain suppliers, and to try to educate certain clients. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to run a, a sustainable business. And that means, you know, being able to pay your people and being able to make a living and being able to support growers and suppliers that, that you want to support. Um, I think if you want to go for that 1% segment of the population, then... And I, I have to imagine that leaving aside celebrity chefs who might do very well, one reflection of, of, of all of this is that, like farmers, it's not... Like, the average chef is not getting rich off of oh god no off of no off of preparing this wonderful food definitely not nope <laughs> but we're food professionals and it's mm -hmm. it's our responsibility to get i yeah i'll say it again it's i really feel like it's our responsibility to share that with people have people eat that's our mission anyway at joy road is to like have people eat well and um well, you do it well, and uh, 
So with that, Cam and Dana of Joy Road Catering, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having us.